Well, last year I noticed my books and newspapers were all developing fuzzy print. I wasn't getting headaches or anything, but I was just noticing this new blur on small text whenever I read it. Uh, I had to read things the way I'd seen my mum and dad reading things in the past at an arm's length. And so after the successful ad campaign for a certain supplier of glasses, there was only one place I had in mind to go. Specsavers. It's become what people say when they didn't see something properly. Well, you should have gone to Specsavers. In one of their TV ads, a man in a hotel disrobes in a steamy room, believing he's found the sauna. When a chef puts a lid back on the big boiling pot, the steam clears and the man realises he's actually stripped off in a busy commercial kitchen. He should have gone to Specsavers. When I did go to the optometrist, she tried some stock glasses on me and she said, how's that? I opened my handwritten journal that I'd brought along and was almost knocked over by the clarity in the journal on the page. I realised my vision wasn't good. Now, friends, we all have some vision, but according to God, there's vision and then there's really vision. A vision so full of colour and detail that we can even see why the universe and we exist. The Bible leads us to realise that if we see Jesus aright, it's like we're putting on glasses for the first time in a blurry life. Jesus himself is God's key, God's capital W way for humans to unlock life. This text really leads us to ask ourselves, well, what do you make of Jesus? Do you have a clear sense of who he is and what he offers you? Well, now the scene begins with a blind man. This blind man's friends have heard about Jesus And now they beg Jesus to touch and heal their blind friend. Look at verse 22 with me. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. In other words, he's gone from no sight to partial sight. But look then at verse 25 with me. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. In a matter of seconds, he's gone from no sight to partial sight to clear sight. In many of the accounts of Jesus' healings, He never usually heals in two stages like this. So why does he do it this time? Could it be because Jesus is not only the master healer, but the master teacher? Jesus is creating an analogy, a teaching example of how we can have no sight, partial sight, or full sight. Well, let's see where Jesus takes this in verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? There's the question. What's people's vision of me? And today, we might ask, what do we make of Jesus? 
if we learn from the media, if we learn from the playground, we might answer, well, Jesus is a swear word. Or he's some kind of religious teacher who became somehow linked with the church. Who do people say I am? How clear is their vision of me? In verse 28, Jesus' friends replied, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. Now, that's pretty foggy sight. Some kind of prophet, some kind of mouthpiece for God. It's truish, but this view of Jesus is by no means sharp. It's like the man with partial sight. There's blindness, partial sight, clear sight. I have many good friends who might put themselves in this category. They see Jesus as good and probably relevant, but couldn't pin down why. What about Jesus' friends, the disciples then? Is their vision any clearer? Well, he asked them in verse 29, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Peter here answers, you are the Messiah. Now that's a clearer, more perceptive statement. What does the Messiah mean when he says that? Messiah means the anointed one, literally, the destined one, the eternal king that God promised to Israel over a thousand years earlier. Like Neo to the Matrix, or Pyro to the murder mystery, or Aslan to Narnia. But these are fictional Messiah figures resolving fictional dilemmas. But I need not spend more than a minute recognising the world we live in has real dilemmas, real problems, serious problems. We know that. Grief and anxiety, despair and shame and cruelty and loneliness. We long to close gaps and make things safe and better. But the forces against truth and beauty and goodness are immense and they are unrelenting. You might remember the campaign, Make Poverty History. A noble initiative, but it's such a persistent human problem. We need a real Messiah really badly. In this world of blind men and sick children that we've so far encountered in Mark, Mark's gospel, Peter says, you are the Messiah. Hope of relief for the world at last. Peter has some vision of who Jesus is, better vision than we saw previously, but he has no idea yet how this Messiah will do his world-saving work. A political leader? Will Jesus become a military man? No, his way is going to be far better, worthy of the God who sent him. This Messiah's rescue plan was a sacrificial death to defeat the forces, not human enemies, but of evil itself, once and for all. Better than a Caesar or a Trump or a Biden, this Messiah came to die in our place and he rose to assure us of a better humanity, that the truth and beauty and goodness we long for follows this man, God's own son, into eternal life. So Peter's partial vision of Jesus isn't yet informed enough to cope with how this Messiah plans to save the world. 
Look with me at verse 31. Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. Odd for a Messiah in Peter's mind. And that he must be killed. Unheard of. And after three days, rise again. What kind of Messiah is this? And so in verse 32, we see Peter took his friend Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Should have gone to Specsavers, Peter. Peter is compared with Satan here because to stand in the way of Jesus' shocking plan is to stand in the way of God's plan to relieve humanity of our curse by taking it for us on the cross. I was once at a funeral for a much-loved friend in a small country town. The church building was packed, and so those gathered were in overflow out on the church lawn and listening through a loudspeaker. I was standing next to a an older Catholic friend who ran a successful business in town. He knew I was a local pastor from a different church that day, and so he said to me, Now, all this Jesus business, is there something to it? It's one of those questions where the answer is so big and so good, you almost don't know where to start. Is there something to it? Yes, and yes again, there's something to it. It's a bit like one of our kids asking, Dad, do you love me? Well, where do I begin if that question is asked? With my four kids, I've tried to explain this a few times by comparing things they love with what I'd give for them or give up for them. So with Jack, who loved certain things, it was, now, Jack, do I love you? If a really rich person said to me, now, David, if you give me Jack, I'll give you 10 Ferraris, 15 Lamborghinis, five huge swimming pools, ice cream every night, and holidays whenever you want. You know what I'd say to that man, Jack, if he said that to me? I'd say, no way. Triple it and still no way. I'd much rather have you than all of those things. As some parents say, I love you to the moon and back. And my kids would smile and their eyes would light up and they'd realize love can be really big. So David, about this Jesus business, is there something to it? The answer is so good, I don't know where to start. Yes, there's something to this Jesus. Now, I'm, going, I'm seeking to keep this message short and would love to spend hours answering that question. But I want to assure, assure anyone listening, regulars, visitors, whoever, 